Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Hedda Girl. Oh, hi, buddy. Here hi. we are. Here we are again. Here we are again. I am so excited for this week's Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. I am one of your Hannahs, the heartiest of Hannahs, Hannah Hart. And I am the most gelb of Hannahs, Hannah Gelb. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> You're right. It is nice to have an intro. I totally agree. Oh, okay. I mean, I just want to, you know, I just want to make things easy for people. <laughs> For people that are just kind of cruising through the speed dial on their radio device and yes. they're like, oh, what's this? Or any angels from the supernatural universe who are like dropping in onto our radio frequencies and are like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, it's Hannah Kelvin and Hart. Okay. Oh, now I know. This is Analyze This, that great number one best doing <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> Today's Analyze This is brought to you remotely. There's a lot of technology enabling us to be able to record this episode because I am in Denver, Colorado. And I'm in San Diego. And let me tell you, this technology is scary. <laughs> We've had to have several stops and starts, but I think we're good now. It's really nice. You know, it's so funny because uh, the the Wi-Fi here at the Four Seasons is... <laughs> It's it's uh it's just inc- it's just incredible. You're uh, at the four seasons. I'm at the four seasons, dude. I am because I, I've been very That's graciously like we're fucking put up Gwyneth here. Paltrow by. stays. I know, man. I know. Um, I'm staying here courtesy of the buck and dollar of one Chelsea Handler because I'm going to be doing her show later tonight and I- interviewing her on stage at the Paramount Theater here in Denver. Boy, am I nervous. Oh, my God, dude. You're so amazing. I can't believe you can even do this podcast right now. I So Chelsea's new book, um, Life Will Be the Death of Me and You Too, is... Just right up my alley, you know? <laughs> uh, it is a more serious book, but also very lighthearted and funny. I actually, I was listening to it as an audiobook, and I had to pull my car over and just kind of take some breaths because I was getting a little too emotional to drive, to be honest. Oh, I'm guessing it is about oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So basically, the book starts in the wake of the 2016 elections, um, where Trump, Donald Trump's election to president actually really launched Chelsea into an epiphany of sorts, or as the Jews like to say, a metanoia. Oh, my you know, God. 
That's a Yiddish I word I haven't heard. Oh, my God. Metanoia. Yeah. It's all over this book because she's so Jewish, which oh I also didn't know. I didn't know that either. I thought you could only I... be Jewish if your last name is Goldensteinberg. Right? <laughs> you know, as one would assume. Let me just look up really quick what Metanoia means. Okay. As soon as our device. Here we go. Metanoia. Here we go. Metanoia. Definition. A change in one's life resulting from penitence or spiritual conversion. So it is not so much like a spiritual conversion so much as I think that Chelsea Handler's book is detailing the experience she has as someone who has never given a fuck about her role in this world to someone who realizes that we're all connected and we all have a responsibility to care for this world. And it's actually really lovely because she's still got her same personality. It's still Chelsea Handler, but it's so much more Chelsea Handler than it's ever been before. So I strongly recommend it. I wish I hadn't read the book because um, now I'm really nervous about tonight, but uh, (laughs) this is what you get for preparing, which is, as you know, something I do not like to do. But dude, for, well, number one, that's beautiful, man. I'm so, I, gosh, what a great review. And also that gives me hope because I feel I have been very not good at being engaged in the world. And I'm like, wow, at any age, you can decide to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really someone- think you should read it, Gail, because the way she talks about uh, Donald Trump and the the level of anger that she has and that she carries, it reminds me a lot of the level of anger that you carry and that you're that you have in your body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just I really think you should read it because she talks about her experience with her therapist Dan Siegel who is helping kind of give her the power to control it instead of letting it letting the rage control her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's literally Donald Trump's election sent Chelsea Handler to therapy and thank God it did. It's great. Wow. <laughs> I mean, horrible things make good things happen, I guess, sometimes. (laughs) Well, it's a pendulum swing, right? It's a pendulum swing. So obviously Donald Trump being elected is a horrible thing, but the pendulum being swung in the other direction is that here you have these powerful uh, celebrity figures like Taylor Swift and Chelsea Handler speaking out in ways that they hadn't spoken out in the past, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. because people were like, oh, politics. And then Taylor Swift was like, actually, I'm going to swing Tennessee. Yeah, you're right, dude. Ah, it's awesome. And for, okay, for someone who doesn't like to prepare that much, I feel like you've done a lot. <laughs> all, so. I, all I did was listen to the audiobook yesterday and the day before, and I'm, I feel very proud. Ah, I think you're going to do great, buddy. I'm so excited. Same old, same oh, my old. goodness. Yeah, Working yeah. with Chelsea Handler. I uh, met uh, Michelle Obama. How's your week been? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That's so funny because I was just talking to my good friend and I was like, oh, hey, buddy, I got to go. I'm recording with Hannah Hart. She uh, <coughs> she met Michelle Obama yesterday. And I was she was like, <laughs> my friend was like, where were you? And I was like, uh, I think I was at work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, I've, I've I've been at work. Things things are pretty good. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Um, yes. So I have to give a shout out to a few things. Number one is this company called Happy Goods. There is this like person on uh, the place where I work. They had like a little market with all these like little shops and stuff. And this girl was there. Okay, I should say young woman selling her wares and her company's called Happy Goods. And I walked up to her little counter and she sells jewelry and stuff. And she goes, oh, wow, you look really fun. I like your look. (laughs) And I was like, 
I have a look. Oh my god. Um, and also she was a huge Sailor Moon fan. So, anyways, long story short, I bought the most amazing sparkly pink moon earrings, and they're so great. Um, and I want everyone to give her business because she was great. Second shout out. I like is... what you just said. Go on. <laughs> go go go. Um, I would like to give a shout out to the Hannah next door to me, Hannah Blackberry Briar Burns, as I like to call her, um, in my head. I don't think I've ever said that to her face. So <laughs> you're welcome, Hannah. <laughs> but she surprised me and got me, she bought me a um, a bullet journal with like a little ruler and these two nice pens. And like she wrote on the first page the Sailor Moon English theme song, except instead of saying the one and only Sailor Moon, it says the one named Hannah Gelb. <laughs> wow. I know. Look at, all these, look at all these random acts of kindness that are being thrust upon you. I know. Yeah, seriously. I just wanted to say, guys, if you're like, man, I kind of want to do something nice, but I don't know. Is that creepy and weird? The answer is no. A little bit of kindness goes a long way. I literally, Aww. like, turned my whole life around. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Gail, because I can't, because all of my devices have rebelled against me, you're going to have to lead the way on this very special episode of Analyze This, where we take a look at, okay, here's the thing. We need a little bit of a break of the perfectionism and introspection because doing a mental health podcast is super, super triggering, and if you're not... 100% on top of your mental health, it makes it really, really, really hard. So, uh, well put, other. my friend. Right? Yeah, so, I feel like about- I, uh, oh, that, that, I, I just want to say, I feel like I am maybe generously saying I would, I'm uh, 82% on top of my mental health. <laughs> so, hey, 82 yeah. is pretty good. 82 is pretty good. I mean, I know that you got you got to have a good chat with our um, our other producer, Fabienne, to talk about things that we can do to make this something that's more sustainable in Gelb's life and not as stressful and daunting. And it did. It was yes. good. <laughs> One of those things is that we will be moving the Analyze This podcast to Thursdays in the week instead of Tuesdays. That way we can record on weekends without having to slam our editor with turnaround time and giving everybody a little bit more breathing room. So today is at the moment, the tentative final Tuesday we will be uploading. We will now start uploading our episodes on Thursdays. Yes, which I think is good because Thursday is the day of Thor, who I'm very attracted to. You know, Tuesday just comes at you real fast, I feel. <laughs> and some days... It does. You know, like recently, I didn't even post... I did not even post our most recent episode until like Thursday morning. And I was like, hi. Ah. <laughs> you mean the Kelsey Dara episode? Exactly, the Kelsey Dara! <laughs> Do you think it was jealousy, Hannah? Are you trying to sabotage episodes that don't have Hannah Gelb in them? And you're I like, mean, oh, that's very, what? you know, I can't speak for my subconscious. It only speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you're possible. Like, it's so weird. I threw a brick through the window of the Kelsey Dara episode <laughs> because I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> I guess oh, yes. it's posted Isn't now. Isn't that so funny? It's like I looked down and I was squeezing a glass in my hand so hard it burst into a million pieces. <laughs> I did watch the adorable video, though, on our Patreon page of you guys talking and you being like, 
wait, how do you say your last name? And she's like, it's like Sarah, but with a D, okay? <laughs> and, Sarah! and I was like, no, I was like, da. There's no way to pronounce <laughs> D-A-R-R-A-G-H without making it fun. Am I right, everybody? Dude, that um that that Gaelic side of the uh language tree is just all fun. Just so many oh, yeah. so many letters and vowels and consonants. <laughs> Speaking of letters and consonants, we're going to start talking about a group of people who have a bunch of different language trees in their lifetime. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, I don't want to call it perfectionism in the seven kingdoms. I want to call it psychoanalysis of the seven kingdoms. Man, I kind of wanted to have a really serious lead up and be like, hey, guys, this is going to be really intense. So I just want everyone to know that if you need to stop, that's oh, fine. We're going to be yeah, talking we can about do perfectionism. That. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's do let's do that one, too. We'll start okay. it right now. Yeah, okay, that's great. Okay, we'll, I'll, we'll, I'll start. we'll keep all of this. Okay, okay. go ahead. <laughs> okay, guys. So laughter aside, we do want to talk about perfectionism today and it's going to be kind of uh intense and uh serious as it normally is but i have done some rituals and meditations so that i will not spin out in a crazy manner just want you to know if it gets really intense you can totally stop listening that is fine okay here we go so uh we're getting into really important stuff we're gonna talk about (laughs) i can't even say (laughs) we're gonna talk about Game of Thrones characters and their perfectionistic behaviors. <laughs> Yay! Clap, clap, clap. Cue those sweet, sweet beats. Yeah, I did not do meditations or rituals. <laughs> How dare you lie to me. Oh my goodness. Look, my, my morning here at the Four Seasons has been spent in the following day- ways. Uh, I woke up, literally, Hannah, I'm going to give you the exact play-by-play of my morning. I woke up. I went and got an 80-minute massage. Oh, my I God. came back upstairs and had a smoothie. Then I took a bath oh and I sent you pictures of my bath. <laughs> yes, you did. They were so cute. <laughs> and now I have returned. So I feel fully prepared to talk about each of these Seven Kingdoms characters and their perfectionistic tendencies. Since all of my devices have rebelled against me, though, Gelb, you're going to have to like lead the way on this because I can't open to anything or touch anything without uh, it's something crapping out. Totally, totally, dude. I am so happy to do that for you. And also, I feel a little bit smug <laughs> because I remember when you were like, it's all Google now all the way, baby. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Google, if you're listening to this, you're, you know, you do some good stuff. Okay, so. We're going to talk about these characters and their behaviors and underlying beliefs. I'm going to go ahead and say we're probably also going to get into their other kinds of not just perfectionistic type things, but like other crazy things that might be motivating them because they're all there. Okay, let's start with. We should say if you have not seen the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, just stop listening. (laughs) We'll see see you next week. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Yes, there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. And also apologies to that one earbud who tweeted at me and was like, hey, before you talk about Game of Thrones, say you're going to talk about it because I didn't know. So this is for you. Yay. Here we go. Oh, I want to start with this one because it's just so 
rich and uh, uh, Viserys Targaryen. Ooh. Oh, my God. Danny's older brother? Yes. We haven't seen him in a long time because he died way back in season one? He's so fucking dead. He's real dead. But he was also all kinds of crazy. That, I mean, I think that one's a little too easy to start with because he's like, look, he wants to be the king. He's the, he's, I mean, go, well, yeah, here, go ahead. Talk to me about Viserys. <laughs> Well, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, it's like, I wouldn't say he's a perfectionist. I think he has a, uh, he has delusions of grandeur uh, and also um, like possibly narcissist disorder, like, and just a very uh, inflated ego and sense of importance in the world. Mm-hmm. He kind of has that magical quality of like being totally incompetent and useless, but thinking the opposite. Mm-hmm. Some some political leaders come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at our list, I actually want to start at the top of it with Robert Baratheon, oh. the, fat, the, the first king himself. So in my mind, I think Robert Baratheon's perfectionistic behaviors are he sees everything in black and white, you know, because he's like, kill all the Targaryens. This one's oh, supposed to be mine. Good he ran call, off, dude. so this is black and white. And I also think that he... Uh, has an underlying value and belief that he is entitled to do whatever he wants all the time. But that's probably just his deep internalized um, sorrow. You know what I mean? Totally. He kind of reminds me of like previous supervisors I've had who are like, I get all the gold, but I do the littlest amount of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally agree. Also, because like, remember when Ned Stark was like, dude, you cannot kill this innocent girl. And then Robert Baratheon was like, you're basically being a traitor right now. It's like, no, man, it's not that simple. He loves you mm-hmm. like a brother. He's just trying to, like, mm-hmm. talk a little sense into you, man. Into your crazy freaking brain. So that, to me, is very black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find... Mm-hmm. Yeah, where is that list of perfectionist behaviors? <laughs> we okay, are wait, prepared. Yes. What about Cal Drogo? I don't think he's a perfectionist. Oh, Cal he Drogo? He's perfect. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's just perfect in every way. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Jamie I'm Lannister? In, I'm, I'm going into my mind now for a second with Cal Drogo, and I need a moment. Okay. Oh, yeah. Take your, take your time, bro. <laughs> Moving on from Mr. Robert Baratheon to Jamie Lannister. Here's the thing I think that Jamie Lannister. Hmm. I think that his perfectionistic behaviors, I guess it would only be not knowing when to stop. Like Jamie, (laughs) Cersei is a bad lady. But then again, here we are, season eight, and Jamie apparently has abandoned Cersei finally. And all it took was multiple, multiple murders and plots and years and years of mental manipulation. So Jamie finally was like, hey, if you're going to choose to side with literal death zombies, I'm good. You know? Yeah, dude. And man, isn't that just so true to life? It, sometimes you really have to be backed up into a corner before you're like, okay, I got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he was avoiding the situation as well. You know, like he was like, wow, this causes me great unrest every day. How incredibly insane you are. However, I'm going to hang in there until you literally <laughs> threaten to kill me with your giant zombie manservant. and i'm gonna take my beautiful face and get the fuck out of here so all it took was for him to lose one hand oh oh wait (laughs) question do you do you think that brianne of tarth 
Yes. Oh, man. I'm going to get so multi-layered here. Here we go. <laughs> Jamie is at his core of cores, a knight. He is a mm. knight of the realm. He mm. wants to serve. He wants to serve the Seven Kingdoms so much so that when he killed the king and became Kingslayer, it was to save the people and to serve the Seven Kingdoms. He did mm. that. That was his cross to bear. Mm-hmm. But he got the name Kingslayer. Then he meets someone like Brienne of Tarth, who has never had it easy. You know, Jamie was like, oh, I want to be a knight. And it was like, mm. okay, beautiful Jamie. <laughs> what are we in Oliver all of a sudden? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Please, son. Like, okay, I want some okay. more. <laughs> I want some more. I want to be a knight. It's like, okay, Jamie, here, let's open all the doors of privilege for you. Mm. So then when he meets someone like Brienne of Tarth, who no one supported, who has lived her life as a knight without ever getting the title, uh, without ever getting any of the accolades, without ever and, getting any yes. of the benefits. And literally being I think, scorned and ridiculed at every turn. I think that meeting Brienne showed Jamie what the person he truly wanted to be actually looked like. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, I got to say, I ship them. I really do. I really want to. I do, too. I just, Jamie does have, I think he has a good heart. He's a good heart, but his perfectionistic behavior was really stopping him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we we here at Analyze This can make anything apply to anything. Oh, Do you think God. That would it's work? a superpower. It's our superpower. Let me ask you a question, Gilby. Do you think it would work, though? Do you think if you met someone who was the epitome of what you thought your ideals were, do you think it would have that kind of impact? I guess they didn't like each other at first. It took him saving her from a bear to do it, you know? <laughs> that's true. Well, you pose an interesting question, Hannah Hart. There are so many factors that go into making a person who they are and so many situational things. It's really hard to say. I don't think there's any like fast and hard rules about what would happen. It always comes back to how you're doing with yourself is how you're going to welcome someone else into your life, you know? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, because you can either meet someone for whom you feel great admiration And that admiration can feel like disdain or jealousy, depending on where you're at with yourself. If you're like, wow, I'm proud of who I am right now and how far I've come. Oh, look, here's this person that I greatly admire. Wow, what an honor it is to be in their company versus, oh, I don't like myself. I don't like where I am. And also, fuck that person for being so great. (laughs) Right. Or if you're like, oh, this person is going to make all my problems go away now because they inspire me so much and I'll just use them to fill the like void inside of me where I wish I believed in myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. What about Caitlin Stark? Caitlin Stark, perfectionist or not? Survey says? Maybe verging on perfectionism. She's got pretty high standards, I feel. <laughs> she was yeah, not very think- forgiving when her husband came home with a baby. Yeah, I think that maybe, though, I'm going to say it's a no from me. It's a no from me, mm-hmm. you know, because she was like, no Stark men should ever go down south without getting they're going to you're going to get so fucked if you go and be the hand of the king. And then Ned, her husband, was like, duty calls. I got to go because I've been called to do it. And she was like, I get that. OK, bye. You yeah, know? but then, like, she never, she could, like, never forgive. She could never love Jon Snow. She always was cold to him, 
you know it's like she couldn't she couldn't accept that he was like just a human and these things happened outside of his control and he was a baby when he first arrived you know and she was just like no that is betrayal i think yeah Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I am hard pressed to imagine not loving a baby. Like if Ella came home and was like, I have a baby now. Sorry. I'd be like, (laughs) I would be so happy because I'd be like, oh, yay. Now we have a baby. Ah, I don't want to hear about it. Don't tell me. Now we have a baby. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I guess it is kind of effed for her to put that all on Jon Snow. You know, that was like, that's not his fault. He didn't ask to be born. I mean, so true. And then she didn't even uh, wait around to find out all the truth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she just had to go get Wait around. She killed. was killed. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even wait around. You know, one of my favorite things to do now is to rewatch season one of Game of Thrones and be like, literally everybody in this scene is now dead. <laughs> yep. Everybody talking L- to each other is now dead. Wow. Literally. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Wait, I have a really good yeah. one. I want to bring up. Yeah. Theon Greyjoy. I think he is the most textbook perfectionist out of all of the Game of Thrones characters. Like, as close as we Mm. could get. Because he just wants to be loved so badly. And it's like, he tries to be the perfect, quote-unquote, whatever, for the Stark family. And then he's like, ah, I cannot get their love. I will go to my family. And then he can't get their love. And it's just... It's just so heartbreaking. So which perfectionistic behavior is, is it reassurance seeking? Uh, yes. I'd also say overcompensating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, you're very true. Very true. Not knowing when to stop. Uh, when he, for example, when he um, burned those two little boys. Probably could have stopped there. Yeah, probably could have stopped there. Probably could have thought to myself, you know, killing these two farm boys, that might be too far. It's hard because when we think of Theon, we replace him in our minds as this like super tragic figure. And we just, we readily forget that like pre Ramsey, Theon betrayed the entire Stark house. Yeah, it's true. But you're right. You're right. And at the same time, I just feel like all because if some male figure in his life had just loved him enough... (laughs) Or, like, if he had felt like he was a part of something, he never would have done that, you know? It's like, fucking everybody, just love your children because otherwise they're going to do crazy shit. Or they might just be crazy anyways. I don't know. I don't know anything about children. I don't have have kids. The thing is, is that you, I think it's really displacing to say that Theon's actions are a direct result of other people's behavior. It's more like, We are each the masters of our own universe. And these were the choices that Theon made. Every part of him made these choices. Which if we if we make our lives completely beholden to other people's responsibility, then we're never enabling ourselves to have redemption. We're never enabling ourselves to grow. We're just disabling ourselves every after every turn. He could have become so much darker after Ramsey. It's not like that torture made him good. He made himself good you know what i mean you're totally right the first step on the path to freedom is taking complete responsibility for your life and i hate it every day (laughs) (laughs) 
speaking of complete responsibility, let's talk about a little lady I love to know as Sansa Stark. I love Sansa. I oh love Oh my her. God. I think she and Jamie have changed and grown like the most out of everybody. I guess Arya's oh, changed. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Arya was always kind of just a badass waiting to turn in, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't say Arya's changed so much as blossomed. And Sansa, mm. I feel like her entire values have shifted. Her The moral compass by which this 13-year-old girl lived her life. I mean, she really grew up. And Arya, I feel like, grew more into herself. You know mm, what I mean? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like Sansa is not a perfectionist. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think she, I okay. think she's got a pretty good handle on uh, most things. Like, <laughs> God, she endured a lot, but she didn't. Like you say, like just like with Theon, she could have been like, "Oh my God, all these horrible things happened to me. I'm just gonna give up or yep. become like those things," you know. But she had a core yep, yep, of yep. strength, a core of inner strength. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. Conversely, I also think Samuel Tarley has some perfectionistic tendencies, but they lend themselves for the good because he went and he's he didn't get to the Citadel and be like, oh, shit, that's a lot of books to read. Oops, sorry, John. He got to the Citadel and was like, okay, I'm going to start reading these books now until <laughs> I find something that'll be useful to John and his, his future. Right, 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 right. And when he cured Jorah it's like some people would have said a perfectionist only a perfectionist could do what he did to Jorah Mormont's horrific horrible body (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like it's kind of like both almost like only a perfectionist and only not a perfectionist because I feel like I would say I don't know how to do this so I'm not gonna try or I'm not gonna start because it could go wrong but he was like I don't really know what I'm doing but I also don't know when to stop because I know this is the right thing to do so I think you're right. Like yeah. it kind of like it was it was helpful in that situation. Like he was like, mm-hmm. no, I will not stop. He was like, I refuse to believe that this situation is hopeless, especially because the only real risk is putting myself at risk. And I choose to do that. And he went and he had to be very, very meticulous. He had to have total focus and concentration. And we had to watch that disgusting, terrible, horrible scene, which I actually watched <laughs> Twice out of just like sheer horror. Plus, I love Jorah Mormont. I love Jorah Mormont so much. I know he's such a bastard, idiot, man, child, but I love him. Oh my so God, much. what? I love Jorah. I love Jorah. God. But do you ever remember why House Mormont, why he was a, a ball, like a banished from House Mormont? He was. Okay, so he, he spent got- all the money on a girl. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. For some reason, I thought, I think I'm confusing his story with someone else. I thought he, like, was desperate and he needed, like, money. And then he, like, started getting in trading in slaves or something. Oh, that too. Yeah. After he had lost all the money because he spent it all on a southern girl. And he brought it to a northern house. (laughs) And he tried to fill her life. and And he emptied the family's, like, treasury. And his dad was like, dude, I'm gonna go to the wall. And you're got to get the fuck out of here because you cannot be in charge of this house because you spent it all on that chick. Yeah. Fast forward to him being a meat shield for Daenerys Targaryen. And you can see not much about Jorah has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just such a sucker for unrequited love, you know? Oh, yeah. He's just he's just so devoted to her. <laughs> God, I knew he was going to die. We called it, right? 
Didn't we say he's oh, gonna yeah. die? Oh yeah. He's <sighs> he was been he's been my number one pick since the beginning. But um I love the bastard. I do. I love he him didn't so even, much and his He didn't even get any last words, you know? Like I was so expecting her to be like, No, no, and he's like, Khaleesi, something profound and beautiful. Uh but he just literally well, was like <laughs> Which is more realistic, she, probably. <laughs> The last words, actually, listen to this. The fact that he didn't get any last words was actually a, mag- a subject of much debate on the uh, the interweb. But oh. they said that his last words were him saying, I'm hurt. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Or I'm wounded. Yeah. It was very confusing. But yeah, you should go ahead and Google Jorah Mormont's last words if you want to get into a uh, a heated a heated internet debate about whether or not it was it was good. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm already just deciding that he's speaking in beautiful metaphors and saying like I am hurt physically, but also I am pierced with the wounds of love. <laughs> yes. Oh, pierced with the wounds of love. Okay, so I have to charge my phone soon, so we're going to have to pick a couple more to go through. <laughs> Let's talk about Bran. <laughs> Bran, Bran, oh, Bran. His name—it's—it's it, fitting. His name is Bran because he is like a hearty oat cereal. True. Um. Okay. I didn't read the book, so I still am just a little unclear on what the three-eyed raven does. Like, if he dies, what happens to the world? Does anything happen? Also, in that last episode, he's like, "I'm going to go away now," and I was like, "Okay, cool. He's going to return." at the right moment with something and then he doesn't he's just like and i'm back luckily i am here to save me <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> i know when he was like i'm going to go now he, and he went off to warg into something i was like oh yeah brand's gonna warg into a dragon motherfucker this shit's gonna be so real and then he was like nope just the birds yeah just just gonna you know have some pebbles to pick up. Have <laughs> some pebbles to pick up. I, you know, there's been a lot of debate in my household. Okay, just to get completely off topic of perfectionism about that episode in general. And some people were like, "What the fuck? This is like fan service, not not well done, or whatever, whatever." Oh, I loved it. I mean, I super enjoyed it. I thought it was like I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Your household sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I we thought it like was her. great. Arya, everything, man. I was all about it. I loved that Arya was such a like supreme badass until she like bonked her head really bad. And then she was a little girl hiding from zombies in her own home. Oh, you know, God, and then the hound yeah. and then the hound had to come pick her up. And then yeah. oh, Sansa and Tyrion being trapped in the crypt together. I thought that was just so magnificent because yeah. they got to have these like real like arcs that came together, you know, because Sansa was somebody that everybody wrote off. Ah oh, God, Sansa <laughs> might be my favorite character at the end of the show, dude. She's down there and Tyrion's like, we should go up there and fight. And she's like, we're down here because we would all get killed, you idiot. You know? Right. And like, she doesn't, she doesn't like take that to heart. As an know? insult. Yeah. She's like, we're down here because we can't do anything. And it was funny Again, too because- showing why Sansa's not a perfectionist because she was like, I see my, I understand that despite my desire to be up there fighting, my role is better served down here. Dude, Right. And, like, she is a member of... She's, like, one of the last surviving members of the Stark family. Like, the people need her to live, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's, like, become Mm -hmm. this, like, amazing stewardess and, like, caretaker of, like, all these people. I guess I was a little surprised that 
all of the White Walkers were basically defeated and killed. All of that was completely wrapped up in one episode. I mean, White Walkers are the first, are like how this whole series opens in episode one. And you're like, what the fuck are these things? Like the whole series has been like fucking White Walkers. And then it's all over and they're all gone. You know? Mm -hmm. Why don't we close? I feel like we can't talk about Game of Thrones and not talk about Cersei. Yes, or Jon Snow, or Tyrion. Or Jon <laughs> Snow, right? Or maybe Jack and Hagar, the hella beautiful man. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, really just Cersei and Jon Snow. So I would say that Cersei definitely is a perfectionist. She's like a sociopath, really. She definitely <laughs> sees things in black and white, for sure. Um, she does not know when to stop. She doesn't know how to delegate, I feel. <laughs> like she kind of, she just keeps things to herself, you know? Like, for it's example, true. when she was like, oh, by the way, Jamie, I uh, hired the Golden Company from the Iron Bank. Oh, and also, we're not going north. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'd say she uh, overcompensates a bit. Instead of having a Queen's mm-hmm. Guard, she literally brought Gregor Clegane back from the dead. She is so controlling. She was like, hmm, I guess I could have other humans defend me. You know, you know what? I'm going with the zombie. Definitely, definitely a zombie just for me. Right, right. She's like, you know, I'm really mad, so I'm going to... um. Literally make a building explode and kill like hundreds of people. <laughs> I feel like she's taking it. She takes things pretty seriously. You know, what my question is, mm. how does the mountain understand speech? But she'll be like, okay, so kill the silver haired girl. I'm being polite. Um, right. <laughs> and he's like, I, he's like, yep, 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 yep. I, I got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm like, you are. Literally reanimated tissue. I. How do you understand the things that people are saying? But whatever, it's cool. Okay, what about Tyrion? I think Tyrion is not because Tyrion is all about connectivity. He's all about flexibility. He's always like, he's trying to think ahead, but he doesn't try and always, when he knows he can't control the outcome, he pivots. And I think that his pivoting is a very not perfectionistic behavior. Dude, I totally agree. And I feel like that's what's helped him to survive. Yeah. He's like literally rolling with all the punches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, last but not least, Mr. Jon Snow. What do you Man, think? Man, who knew? You know, like starting out in season one, you're like, Jon Snow. Hmm, right. And then it just turns out he's our guy. He's our guy. He's our beautiful, beautiful guy. He's so beautiful. <laughs> I would say that he's also not a perfectionist. I feel he's very flexible as well. Sometimes can be a little stubborn. He can be a little stubborn. He's very, very good at delegating. Yes. Oh, this is good. Yeah. He's he's a delegator extreme, which is also why I kind of feel that maybe Danny is not a perfectionist because she delegates. You know, she's like, yeah, go do your thing. Right. They both trust people, which I think is very important. I think you can't because... You know, um, I think when you don't trust anyone to get anything done, it's it's a reflection of not trusting yourself, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like they have a some measure of trust in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what? I completely agree. And dare I say it, I never want to talk about perfectionism again. So I think that if <laughs> we do bring up perfectionism, I can't even say the word, one more time, it will be in conclusion. Or if we decide not to, maybe this is our conclusion. I mean, you know, it's our podcast. (laughs) It's our podcast. I will cry if we want to. 
Yeah, that's exactly Cry right. Cry if I want to. Yep. Anyways. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Cry if I want to. Uh, I also wanted to say thank you to everyone who is a new patron, as you may know. We still have about 100 spots for patrons to get a free pin. I really can't believe that we almost have 500 patrons. Like in my head, I was like, man, these first 500 people are going to take us about a year to get. Well, pretty cool. They're going to get this super, super sweet pin. And now we have, we're only, there's only a hundred spots left for the one of a kind Patreon patron pin. People? (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's right. So, you know, there's still time to do that if you are not already a patron. And thank you so much. If you are, you guys make life possible. Yes, yes, indeed. For those of you who have been sticking with us all the way thus far, guess what? Next week, we will be doing an episode where we answer your questions. So if you're sick of hearing us talk about the same subject as I know I am, then we can talk about other things. (laughs) Tune in next time when we answer questions from our earbuds and then get back to kind to finally end this perfectionism in reflection real deep dive you know i think this is good i think it brought up a lot of stuff i think it really showed us that as non-mental health experts i don't know if we should experiment with doing these modules without the guidance and support of going to real therapists as we do this you know this is a good point i think uh, our next module should be get hannah gell back in therapy the module okay. <laughs> no the uh, i think we should be like let's talk about personality types and maybe the zodiac i don't know just something fun and colorful for everybody we shall see yes we shall see so thank you guys for listening as always we are doing our next discord chat may 15th and sometime before then maybe may 8th will be our live stream we're trying to figure out when is the best time for both of us to do it if both of us can make it at the same time stay tubed for that so go ahead and check out the analyze this twitter and all those other really really great good things yeah wow we did it guys. yes i love this we podcast did i love it i love it so much i went around for an hour and 45 minutes of the hot denver sun ducking between different kentucky derby hats so huzzah, <laughs> hooray. i was like we will finish this episode oh my god i've just decided i'm going to draw uh you riding a scooter trying to find a uh thingy but also you wearing a hat like a, a oh, Kentucky cute. Derby a Kentucky hat. Der- like somebody put one on me as I was going out the door. <laughs> yeah, just like you and your sweatpants, but then like a six foot tall hat of like flowers and birds and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. I can't, I can't yeah. wait. I'm going to hold you to it, Gelb. I can't wait to see it. I'll see it to believe yeah, it. Please do. I don't do things unless people hold me to them. <laughs> well, by saying that you will do it, don't you hold yourself to it? No, absolutely not. I <laughs> All right. Well, I would really love to see that. I hope that you could bring yourself to do it, too. (laughs) Okay, I will. I will do it for you. And yes, and for you guys. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Let's go answer some earbud questions. Okay, bye. Bye, bye, bye.